Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, all right, we are here uh, in this current life. <laughs> with Boris Volta. Yes. And, uh, Boris Walter. Uh, awesome, awesome pod. Yeah, uh, we look incredible. At, uh, a lot of different things which we'll get Walter to talk about, but you are going to want to listen. But mm. speaking of current life and changing your state of mind, this is sponsored by Raunchy Brewing. Raunchy Brewing. So, yes, <laughs> Raunchy Brewing, the beer that's actually good. Yep. I love the lager. The lager's my favourite. Yep. And the Sir Henry's uh, Stout is yep. bloody good. And Sir Henry is from an, eight, an 1800s time. He <laughs> <laughs> brewed some stout and uh, Ian Jeffrey has been told the recipe and he's bottled it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and uh, also big shout out to alltradescover.com.au which you can see behind if you're watching yeah. uh Behind our guests there, alltradescover.com.au, they are... Looking after the little guy, subcontractors, mm. individual sole traders. Uh, you've got all your indemnity, public insurance, your mm-hmm. tools, mm-hmm. anything basically that you need insured. They're easy to work with and looking after the little guy. Absolutely. If you're a captain of a ship and you jump off and you need your ship insured. And I think we've got an exciting new uh, sponsor starting next week. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of cool. I do need to go. So cool. let's uh, touch on our guest, Boris Walter. What did we speak about, Boris? We touched on the convergence of psychology and spirituality or metaphysics. Is there a sensible link between the human experience of spirituality and phenomena? Love that. uh, To the reductive materialist model of science. Uh, We need to know more about that. But I think what was most important here is we discussed the actual phenomenal cases. Because if we Mm. are experiencing these kinds of phenomenal things with no understanding, then it's absolutely part of our experience yeah. and we need to be more sensible and courageous to navigate those topics. Yeah, boy. 100%. Lots of past life stuff and mm. really, really cool mind fuckery. Oh, that's uh, the way I'm going to just... One of your favourite episodes. <laughs> one of your favourite yeah. episodes. Bloody awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's cheers for coming get, on. Let's Welcome. get hard. Thank you. Let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs> disregard it. 5D is actually a safe feature. It's a unity consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie Rose. So I'm going to throw it over to your co-hosts. Daniel Jelby and Cameron Branch. I would do this and then I'd gong. (laughs) (laughs) Free in attendance for the millions listening at home. (laughs) Let's get hard. Perfect. Very nice to have you here. Yeah. Morris. That Boris. was, uh, uh, that name just feels, I think it feels Golden right. Golden Eye 007. I don't know if it feels right or wrong. It feels like Boris. Let me help you out. It feels out, very man. Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you out. It's, it feels wrong because you know I don't look like a Boris. No, you don't. That's <laughs> exactly what it right. is. It's yeah. like, can I trust this guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's looking more like a Denzel or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, Boris. It's, I'm gonna. My mum, she was obsessed with Boris Beck when I was born. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, she's German. Yep. And so uh, I got Boris, and I had to convince. I mean, really, just uh, try explain my name to everyone yeah. as I grew up as a kid. Then, right. Yeah. Look like a Boris. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. He just went to jail, right? Something. Like, I know yeah. he's in chaos. That's all I know. Yeah. yeah. He uh, yeah. tax evasion. 
Yeah, something yeah. like that. He's so an angry person as well, apparently. Yeah, really? Yeah, I try to be the opposite of that and yeah. zen out. Um, sick. So let's maybe go straight into it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I'm excited by this. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you were introduced by Heidi Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a mutual um, yeah, sort of hookup, I guess. And yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's pretty she's yeah she thinks uh, very highly of you okay i'll so take that so yeah. what's what's the background and the specialty and how did you get into what you're into so mm. we got a little bit yeah. of a base base level yeah i yeah. was a i was a boilermaker well nice. ah, before the in, metal. in this life or yeah yeah i was a sheet metal fan uh welder okay. so similar yeah not too yeah. far off yeah i was like 10 years um Mining then offshore, yeah. Um, as a an offshore boilermaker welder, like mm-hmm. like, yeah. I was on the tools, man, and like that was my life. Um, it wasn't until I really sat on the Wheatstone platform. Um, I was on construction for that, and I was like, all right, Boris, this is pretty much as good as it gets in mm. terms of money for this type of an industry. Mm-hmm. Say you had this for the rest of your life, would you be content? And the answer was no. That was a scary confrontational question inside. It's like I'm sitting there offshore, and like probably the best money I could make. Yeah, and it's like. You're still not happy. Like, yeah. What do you do if money's not the goal anymore? And it was okay. Well, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your time? Mm. And it was like, well, if you followed me since I was like a teenager, I'm always in DNMs with people. Yeah. Every yeah. party, you'll catch Boris in the corner just in some deep and meaningful chat about life. You know. So I love that, and I found that when I was mining and offshore. I was just, you'll find me again, zooming out of work, not even realizing where I am, just taking someone on a journey inside. And mm. then the guy's opening up to me twice my age and it's had me thinking, why would they trust me to such degree? And they're not even allowed ecstasy on site, hey? Exactly, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> like natural. Very natural, yeah. right? <laughs> and so there I was just thinking, okay, well, psychology, being with people, that's what I would really enjoy doing, but yeah. I'm not an academic. I barely even know how to write an essay. What the hell is that? But I'm like, if I don't try... I'm forever going to be like wondering. So yeah. I just had a chat with Yasmin. I said, how would you feel if I went to study psychology at university? And she's like, that's what you want. Do it. Yeah. Wow. Took a big pay cut, studied and worked away at the same time on a two and two roster yeah. um, while I was studying full time. And the lecturers were great, understood my situation. They really commended me for doing it. So they worked around my schedule as mm. well. I was bringing my books and assignments out there as well. And Finished a three-year degree full-time, um, psychology and counselling, and then went into master straight after for yeah. psychotherapy and counselling, and then finished. That's when my research was on, um, yeah, reincarnation or transmigration of the soul and psychology. Wow. Because, mm. I mean, doing something like that <coughs> and taking the risk, I've, I've been there as well, and mm. having a partner that supports that. Like, yeah. me and my <coughs> uh, ex-wife now, we divorced, obviously, but... Uh, Aside from that, she still lended a lot of support behind me to chase those sorts of dreams mm. and to doing stuff like that. So having a partner like that it was to great. support you is very yeah. important. It's good to have yeah. that base and that uh, like grounded sort of. Oh, she yeah. just comes in to film that bit for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking sort of about there. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she uh, knows a compliment when she hears yeah. like yeah, yeah, come yeah, running. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mm. so what was it? Psychology degree for three years. Psychology counselling is a double major. Yep. you're right. So counselling and psychology are not the same thing. <clears throat> And then the Masters of Psychotherapy and Counselling, yeah. again, not the same as psychology. Yeah. Um, very two different things. So um, let's break that down. Psychology is like the, how the mind works and why we do things and counselling is trying to help and, and aid that. Yeah so, yeah. so so basically, and this no one really knows the difference either out there and it's probably a problem because they don't know what to look for. A psychotherapist and a psychologist are two different fields. Yeah. So I'm a psychotherapist. Um, so anyway, psychology is basically the scientific approach to understanding human behavior analytically right mm-hmm. so very objective it use, it draws upon 
the very reductive materialist method of observing behavior. Yep. Then it categorizes behavior into abnormal psychology, normal psychology, and then it creates treatment methods right. accordingly. Right, And that's, that's already littered with problems very immediately. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychologists aren't... It's not a problem because uh, you can have many individuals operate under psychology that draw upon their own beliefs and methods as well within yeah. the framework of psychology. But essentially when you go to study psychology, it's an objective means yeah. to studying human behavior, right? Yeah. So it's a very behavioral approach. You have many branches within it, but still the, the dominant one is it's a scientific approach to behavior. So you, they will work with disorders um, and then use based on those categories, uh, utilize templates for right. treatment methods. So it's very general. Yeah. Psychotherapy, on the other hand, is specifically about the therapeutic room, the dynamics of the room. As like in how like where you're sitting. So what happens in therapy, right? right? So how you get someone to the point that they are now fully functional, right? They don't have to be normal psychology. or yeah. It's just how do you get them into an optimal state of being regardless of, say, the templates. Yeah. Meeting an individual on how they make sense of the world yeah, uniquely. Yeah. So it takes longer usually. Psychologists, you get you know, 10 sessions and you're out. So it's very get in, get out sort of approach yeah. because there's so many people that need help. But psychotherapy is like usually personality disorders, yeah. long drawn out therapy, right? You're yeah. going right into the essence of how this person makes sense of the world. It's yeah. not generalized. Because my normal is different to your normal, very which is different much. to his normal. 100%. But mm. society consider... X, Y, Z, this is normal. Anything outside of that, mm. we, need that's, it, we need a fix. That's like mm. the, um, I think Alan Watts talks about it when he's talking about you see the same situation from different perspectives. Is like looking at a newspaper through mm. your eyes and through a, micro, uh, a microscope. If you mm. look through it, and you know, look at it through the microscope, you're going to see tiny little dots. dots. Mm -hmm. But you take that perspective back and you're going to see this right. formed picture. And if you go further back again, you potentially it's going to be blurry, it's hard to read. So it's yeah. always a matter of your perspective, whereas Correct. the situation is still exactly the same. Right. That's, yeah. the, that's the forest for the trees analogy as well. Yeah. You see the, some people are right up in the, in the forest. They only see tree and then they see the bark <laughs> on the tree. This tree is a problem, yeah. right? They're right in the mix of everything, right? Yep. And then others might be... And so for that person, you might get them to zoom out. Oh, what's it like to actually see the big mm. perspective because they're so narrowed on their problems in life right yeah. everything's a big deal but then you got people that are too zoomed out they yeah. only see the forest and they miss the details of things they use general black and white statements about the world their relationships are usually pretty short-lived maybe there's a whole bunch of characteristics that come with how someone's too zoomed out yeah. lacking responsibility accountability maybe you know so mm. you're just meeting an individual where they make sense of the world right yeah. and then yeah. trying to so i'm leaving my stuff out of it yeah my shit so psychotherapy is all about leaving my shit out of it yeah. as a therapist knowing i'm gonna have my biases yeah. i might have been beat up by a dude in high school that really messed me up yeah right and and i held that and then i get a client that comes in and looks like him yeah yeah right and he's doing similar things like that it's like mm, are my triggers gonna come in and they're like f this dude man like yeah. he doesn't yeah. you know i might be more harsh so i'm gonna notice what is it in me that's affecting the way i'm turning up for this person so my mum issues my dad issues yeah if i get a couple Am I taking the side of the woman, the guy, you know, noticing my little... So that's all in psychotherapy too. Yeah. So, so you should take the side of the guy though, right, as a general rule? Or? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just Does ruined all my couple's yeah. clients now. <laughs> Does that come back to that sort yeah. of like Eckhart Tolle sort of idea of watching your thoughts and sort of understanding yeah. why you're thinking certain things? Dude, you've got it. It doesn't matter. Eckhart Tolle, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, every 
every individual that has been a philosopher of mind will yeah. always say the one thing. Our goal is to be fully functional psychologically, meaning accountable for our words, our actions, mm -hmm. to notice what's happening inside me as I turn up for you guys. Yeah. What do you guys mean to me? And to just try always be curious about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not blaming the world around me for being a certain way. That guy's an idiot. That guy pissed me off. My ex is this. It's like, yeah. no, no. Notice how your stuff infiltrates your lens yeah. and affects the way you interpret the world. Yeah. That's it's, what we're all doing. it's easiest to know we're notice and I've <coughs> I've said this a few times on the podcast. Mm. The way I notice it is like road rage. Uh, yeah. Like the same situation two days apart. Mm. One could make me go if I'm running late. Yeah, man. I could go fuck this guy. He's just pit, he's, yeah. he's just cut me off for no reason. Yeah. And then the next day I'm completely fine. I'm not rushing right. to get anywhere. Someone does the exact same thing. I'm like, ah, it's all good, man. Like yeah everyone makes mistakes mm. exact same situation i can have a completely different reaction and it's dependent on me yeah. and how i'm mm. feeling and what's going on with me yeah. not necessarily that you sound like a responsible adult <laughs> 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 well, yeah. i've loosely termed it as a teacher over 10 years is literally just resilience instead of blaming the world for your issues mm. you gotta f you gotta look at yourself first mm. and i've said only one, once or twice on here the um a work example was when i first started teaching these year 10s were like off task they hated like they weren't doing the work and I was like, they, they suck. Why aren't mm. they doing it? These guys are fucking useless. Mm. And then I spoke to one of my mentors and he's like, well, what are your lesson plans? And I showed him, he goes, well, would you enjoy it? I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't. Mm. So from that minute, I was like, okay, I'm going to look inwards. If that was me. What am I doing wrong? It's not them. Let yeah. me take some responsibility first. Mm. Then when I fixed that, all of a sudden, the class was better. I was like, mm. oh, what a surprise, you know? Yeah. So, so significant what you just said because mm. what you've just done was you've changed a belief system. The belief system was the world is happening to me yeah. to then realising mm. that the world happens in me and then it comes out. Yeah. It's a completely different approach to how you experience the world. Yeah, uh, 100%. Mm. That's, uh, that's one of those – even people like Gary Vee will use that same um, – mindset yeah. now in a business sense they'll be mm. like every single thing that happens whether it's my fault or not mm. i'm going to take accountability for yeah. like yeah. you know the idea of if i walk out in front of a bus and get hit by a bus it's my fault for not looking yeah yeah uh, that sort of thing you know accountability yeah. is the hardest thing for people to do though because it's easier to blame for somebody else rather than go yeah that was me like mm. accountability is scary oh 100 for a lot of individuals do you even look it's hard to like uh, i've i've been looking back on my life for the last two or three years going fuck like some of the things I've done have been quite selfish and mm. didn't realise that or or maybe I didn't put myself first and those sorts of things. Mm. But you, you still have to go, well, that was me. Yeah. And I'm starting to get like... Or when there's a consequence it, it and you have to own up to yeah. it. That's, yeah. the that's the ballsier shit. Mm. It, it hurts. Mm. It's like it's hard. Yeah. You're like, fuck, I'm going to have to go to that person that I've just been rinsing for the last yeah. two years and go... You were right. Yeah, it's I'm because sorry. it's your death of your ego, and mm. all of a sudden mm. you're not the best person on the planet. Mm. And to face that and go, oh shit, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily people a piece of shit, but yes, well, yeah, yeah. People well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> people don't want that. You never want to be like, oh wow, I was wrong, because everybody craves that importance. The ego needs to be mm. right. I'm right. You're wrong. And then the minute you have to face that reality, it's like very humbling. It's very hard to do. Yeah. So, mm, so that's my work is yeah. how do I get someone to face that responsibility and accountability? Yeah. Because it's not obvious, right? I can, yeah. I can, I even, you might say, yeah, great. Everyone should know that this is the truth, that it's actually them that's doing everything. Yeah. But you try to tell someone that, that is already like psychologically fragmented, yeah. severely traumatized. Yeah. They don't have the mental capacity or the wisdom or the stability of mind yeah. to wear the level of anxiety 
that says that I'm the one doing all of this. Yeah. It's, they would crumble. Yeah. Psychologically, mm. they would crumble. So it's like a narcissist is a great example. Yeah. They don't, it's not that they're evil people, right? It's just that they have had a serious fragmentation of their psyche and their identity at a very young age yeah. where they do not have an, a healthy um, self-identity. So what they have to do is they have to create a false narrative about mm. themselves and then have everyone validate that so they can stay sa- sane. Safe. Safe? Safe and safe? sane, yeah. stable. Right, yeah. so you go and pop that bubble, thinking, "Yeah, let me show you truth," because truth is the best than anything. Yeah, you pop that bubble, and that person now is like a train wreck. So, say they have a family or they have a job, they can't function in any of those capacities if you go and pop that bubble. Yeah, yeah. So, as a therapist, you have to think, "Well, what's what's this person ready to hear in this moment?" Yeah, mm. and gradually reveal truth. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's can you give us like a case study, and you don't because you don't use names and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us like a case study of like what was presented to you and how you would slowly go about fixing it because that, mm. that really um, mm. yeah. interests me. I had a, a, so a, one of the best ones. So narcissists, um, they tend not to volunteer themselves into therapy. It's usually they've been given an ultimatum by their partners or <laughs> yeah. someone around them because yeah. they never volunteer. There's never anything wrong, right? Yeah. But I had someone that he had his world falling apart and um, yeah, s- severe NPD. So not just narcissistic tendencies, but narcissistic personalities are like ticks yeah. the boxes, right? So mm. you're dealing with a fragmented child the mental capacity of a young, young person, a little boy yep. that's presenting himself as an adult. Anyway, yeah. so and, and in, the, in the workplace, these people are often the ones that seem super charming, yes. nothing gets done and it's always someone else's fault and the workplace is horrific. Uh, yeah, yeah is absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they, can be f- they can be very competent in terms of the 3D world, like yeah, making yeah. stuff happen in business as well because they demand the world to be a certain way. Right. Mm. And they will, like a narcissist won't fold. Yep. Right. So in terms of you put you operationalize that person as a CEO or a manager and yep. they will make sure the world happens the way they need it. Yeah. So in terms of productivity, it could be a good great thing okay, to have cool. a narcissistic boss, which is why you'll see them at the top. Right. Mm. They'll do things and say things to get the bottom line happening. Yep. And they'll throw out your emotional needs right. as a consequence. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so the type of person. Is there a in business, is there a benefit? To that, well, yeah, see, so, yeah. like that, yeah. That, that's what yeah, I mean. you get like, shit done, you get more productive, but then, Absolutely. but would the negative be the it, culture that you're breeding, oh, and then oh, potentially oh. The, the the company going right? I can't do this anymore. Well, no, I the think company, John, the company would love yeah. that person, but their colleagues would fucking hate them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, say so if you're an investor. Your your money, so all your life savings is in this company, right? You actually, you only care about your return, honestly. Yeah. That's why you put the money in there. You're not yeah. an altruistic person. You're just trying to get by. Yeah. Mm. You invest your money. You're like, you guys know what you're doing and I hope you just return my money. At yeah. least give me some return on that, right? Mm. Now, they've got a question. Say ethically, you've got this narcissistic boss. You find out he's within that company, um, but he's giving you a return that is significant, mm. right? And so then you find out the big revelation that the culture of the work is disgusting mm. and they're not happy. But you know that if you run that gamble mm. yeah. where you switch it up to some more holistic, yeah. you know, PC culture and we're really taking our time and you realize that you your returns are diminishing to the point where it's no longer feasible for you. It's like yeah. a moral dilemma. Yeah. What do you do as an investor? Yeah. You know? So that's where we've got big companies. They don't care about the bottom line, but the management, the people on the floor, they're all the ones experiencing it. Yeah, Their yeah, emotions yeah. are involved in it, but the investors won't. Yeah. I think um, that's I think John Elliott spoke about that with us. You know, like trusting the 
the people that the, the people that work that for you and treating them well and, and, and long yeah. Term, long so run. John's our sponsor behind you. He had his insurance mm. company. He walked across Australia for three and a half years with three camels. You should listen on. It's a great episode. Mm. Like, fucking super interesting. Very good. Um, but while he left, just before he left, like his company was going to shit because he had the wrong person that was treating everybody poorly, mm-hmm. and then he fixed that and then he came back and it was smooth operating like he trusted with his mm. life and so because he backed them in as well and he, he treated them fairly and yeah. and didn't treat them yeah didn't treat them like anyway shit. you'll see yeah. we, we do this with our pod like we'll find <laughs> things yeah, 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 we started with that. a case study we get it yeah, and then we'll bring it back yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so sorry your case study he's fallen can, apart and he's come to see you mm. oh yeah just considering the topic we want to go now I'll, I'll just throw like two minutes on this this case yeah. study then um, no no we can yeah like yeah. take our time on yeah, it yeah yeah well essentially this case study this a uh, client of mine was probably the most difficult client I'd ever had at this point. Yeah. And I was two and a half years to three years into my practice, private practice at this point. And anyway, so what I was dealing with, not only his familial issues, but like I said, the dynamics of the therapeutic room is very difficult when you have someone with personality disorder mm-hmm. or issues because they will hold you accountable. Saying things like, oh, what do I pay you for? Yeah. You know, because you're making me leave here feeling shit. <laughs> right? It's like, all I've done was, sh- was reveal the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Knowing that I need you to come as close as to your truth as possible for you to have a healthy functioning relationship and mm-hmm. life out there where you stop blaming the world. Yeah. However, it's at the cost of you feeling shit in this moment. Right. Yeah. And then having that conflict of what the hell do I pay you for? And like, you know, this isn't working for me. It's like, yeah, maybe. But. I'm also feeling like all the other people in your life where it's like it when we try to reveal truth to you, this is the reaction we get and then you run away. Yeah. Right. So you've got a choice now. It's either you run away knowing that I am on your team, right? You run away from this and your life stays the same. Yeah. Or you confront this with me. We have our rupture. Relationships are about having a rupture. Yeah. It's not always perfect. And then you come back the next day and we fix this. We we understand what happened yeah. in this argument, right? And so they come back, but it's constantly back and forward with that. But essentially with a narcissist, what they do is, so he's telling me all of his relationship breakdowns. This woman's a bitch. She did this to me. The other one, she has no love for me, no care for me. My mom's this, my dad left me. Everyone else did this to me, mm-hmm. right? And even though say they're talking about their partner, my, my girlfriend did this to me, she's so evil. You're actually, you might as well transfer that girlfriend to mum yeah. or dad. You know, in it Tasmania they do. And so that you, you're dealing with this, it's just a young person that's yeah. stuck in this adult body. And yeah. so even though he sees his adult girlfriend, his, his younger boy inside sees his mom that didn't yeah. do him enough. And so she didn't turn up the way he needed her yeah. to turn up, which is fair. Yeah. But what's happened is he's left that trauma and that energy and the mindset of that young boy unresolved. And so he's carrying that through his life yeah. and he's pasting that avatar on all these new love objects, yeah. you know, the female love object. It's too similar to the original pain, which is mum. Yeah. But they don't see it, right? And so you're trying to get them to recognize that it's not this woman, this avatar. Yeah. There's something behind that, that it's coming from within you. The algorithm that runs through you is women, do not protect me. Yeah. Mum didn't protect me. And now you're projecting and pasting that onto this girl. And then you self-sabotage because yeah. you want to really get angry at mum. She didn't serve you. So yeah. what you're going to do is just, you get a girl that's healthy and actually good. Yeah. You will do something to ruin that. Yeah. And so you have to slowly show them that it's you, man. Yeah. It's you. It's you. But battling them the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Now, that would be like Chelsea we've had on um, quite a bit. She's a friend of mine. She's a counsellor. And she's always been strong on 
um, childhood trauma shapes everything moving mm. forward. So whatever that issue was with him as a kid, where his mum wasn't there for him, his protective mechanism was to switch off or whatever mm-hmm. it was and blame everyone else but himself or whatever that was. And then he's continued that through with his life. Is that what happened with classic. him? Or, yeah? yeah, classic. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's basic ego dysfunction. So yeah. the moment your ego does what it's designed to do, which is to protect something vulnerable, mm. part of you, it will then turn up and make sure it creates a lens, yeah. a false lens yeah. that makes sure you survive and keep doing the thing you most need to do. And, mm. and how did... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it sounds similar to like literally dealing with my students that are young mm. kids. They get mad at you. I go, all right, no worries. They leave class. We'll talk about mm. this later. Comes back when he's calmed down and he's out of that mindset. Is that mm. what would happen the next day? We come to therapy and go, okay, yesterday I blew up. Or is mm. it not that? Was it a person like that not really no, that self-aware? NPD is really not, man. Oh, I wish so frustrating. You guys should actually, if there was like video footage of how a therapy looks with the narcissist, right? So mm. they'll come back. During the time you haven't seen them, you could say a fully functioning adult, yeah, say somewhat healthy, they would reflect on it and desire repair, right? And because you're telling them and instructing them that you need to take responsibility and accountability and most of them will look at that because it's the homework. Yeah, And narcissists will go back home and they will contemplate how you can be wrong. Being me. <laughs> yeah. How is Boris wrong? How, right. What angle is he missing? So he's actually devising a plan and a speech almost. How I was wrong. Wow. And then you have to deal with that. Do and they train you, you for that or what? Y- yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Like wow. the, the, the training is very minuscule. You don't have enough time to deal with that. That's why yeah. not many people can deal with narcissistic personality types because they are so draining and difficult. And it's, again, not a judgment. They're, not yeah. able, they're very severely traumatized people with fragmented yeah. psyches and personalities, but they get sent to me. What kind of time frame mm. are you looking at? And there's no, is it like healed or is it just like more no. like that person will realize, oh, hang on, here's one of my traumas coming up yeah. or do they not even have no, that? You've got it. The way Cam, yeah. you guys were just talking about, well, one day I was, um, I got angry at this guy who cut me off on the road, right? Yeah. Mm. Essentially, if you are a healthy functioning adult, yeah. you're not healed essentially, but what you're doing is becoming aware of your power in any given moment to mm-hmm. choose your actions consciously. Mm. I can choose to get angry at this person and I can make my life more difficult inside my body yeah. and relationship-wise or I can choose not to act and make it a bit different. Both are a gamble, but I'm doing it consciously. Yeah. Severe personality disorders do not have that level of conscious awareness. Right. They are impulsive and they just act. Yeah. And then they look at the carnage after. So you're trying to get someone with um, personality disorders to become more aware of what's happening in the here and now and how they are making sense of the world so that yeah. then they can take responsibility. And then the world starts to look the way they want it. Yeah. Stop scratching their head wondering why is my life always falling to pieces, yeah. thinking it's the world as if there's a conspiracy against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, it's you if you slow down and pay attention. Yeah, that's yeah. so confronting. They're not healed. So it's like self, yeah. self-sabotage. Style. Yeah, self-sabotage. Self. Oh, constantly. And while never taking any accountability, it's always someone else or the world that's doing it to me. Yeah, mm. that's... I've, those people yeah. frustrate the fuck out of me, yeah, honestly. Man. And you can just see, like, you get just like, bro, or yeah. yes. chick. That's me daily, like, man. man. Yeah. How do you have the patience? Mm. <laughs> the patience for the I patience. S- I, sit like, I sit like this guy <laughs> here. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, man, like, yeah, it's so, so, so frustrating. 
but I guess when you're trained in it and you learn, is there stuff you have to do to decompress? Of course, man. yeah. yeah but what absolutely. what does the frustration stem from? Like, what obviously it's not. <clears throat> we can see something like that happen, mm. but where mm. does your your frustration? Where does that stem from? Like, why probably, are you probably frustrated because with someone I, else? Well, because I've learnt that myself. Yeah. Or I'm like, okay, man, I've been in your spot. Yeah. But you know, just the slightest change of looking inwards instead of outwards, it, it helps yeah. so much. But then, yeah, and that's what... But I'm I still, I'm still fucked, man. Yeah, but that's my point, like, is in what, in you, and I'm, I get the same thing, like, I'll get, oh, fuck, like, why are you thinking like that? Yeah. Like, mm. you can do it with your parents or fucking close friends or whatever. Mm. I'm not and you're sure. like, why does it matter? Like, yeah. obviously, you care about your friends and family and yeah. stuff, and potentially that's why you're frustrated because yeah. you want them to understand that it's okay or whatever. Because yeah. yeah. really, you want them to have a better life. Like my frustration mm. is like, dude, if you just flipped it a little bit, you're going to enjoy yeah. so much more. Mm. And also, it's not a nice environment to be around when someone's always like, no, fucking, I can't do this. I got no time to no, do correct. this. Work, yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. No, no, yeah. No. and because I've managed, I guess, again. I don't expect people to do what I've done, but I've managed to go from teaching full-time to flipping into this into mm. something I love, which is just like, mm. and I hear people complaining about their jobs and blah, 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 but it's like, well, dude, there's 24 hours in a day. You sleep for seven of them. You've got 17 hours to work on what you want to mm. do. If you're at work for eight, use those other 10 hours or eight hours as best as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to hear that because it's too difficult yeah. or it reflects on them going, well, I'm actually not doing anything. I just want yeah, to complain. Yeah, lack of action. Anyway, like, we're not the experts here. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what, is that, what is that frustration from our point of view stemming should, from? Then you should ask this question. What, what is it about my impatience that I need this person to be a certain way? Yes, yeah. that's what, I'm, right? what I was getting at. That is the curiosity because the world is always just happening. Everyone's flawed. You're flawed. Everyone's fucked, you say. Your scale of fuck is everyone's fucked. But yeah. To what degree is yeah. someone fucked? You know, yeah. we're all on that scale, just to different yeah. levels, right? Mm. But and I might be fucked. Yeah, I might be like the, yeah. the full end of fucked. But <laughs> right? because, because oh, my perspective, I think you're on the full end of fucked. Yeah, everyone else, no, 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 no. I think everyone else is fucked. But really, that might be the norm. Yeah, and I'm I'm over on the wrong side. Fronting. Look, it's altruistic if you say, "Well, I just want this person to live a better life," right? And yeah. I've gone through that with many friends. However, there's a one more level you can go to take more accountability and responsibility for, right? Of your discomfort, and that is, well, if they were functioning better yeah. in their life, how would that then relate to me? What mm. would that do to my life? Well, then they wouldn't be such a pain in your ass. Yeah. You would have more free time. You wouldn't have to be the caretaker so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have to resolve their financial issues. You yeah. wouldn't have to be the one they call every time they make that same mistake that you keep. So yeah. it's like it would essentially be a self-serving idea, but we forget that part. Everything yeah. comes Still down to Still comes back to you. Us always does, man. Everything yeah. does. Yeah. Interesting. It so makes if your it wasn't, life better. Uh, if it wasn't affecting you in any way yeah. and your concerns were there st- Still, yeah, I guess that's altruism. That, that true be altruism? Altru- yeah, true altruism? For someone that goes out of the way to go and serve people that are, say, dysfunctional, mm. you could say it's more of a calling or an altruistic thing or whatever mm. it is. Maybe it's just that job. But yeah. essentially, <laughs> yeah. most yeah. of us would, would just, oh, there's, we can laugh at someone that's pretty fucked out there, right? It's yeah. like, that's their thing, you know, yeah. whatever. But the moment it infiltrates your capacity to live your life the way you want it to, yeah. it becomes a problem to some yeah. degree and will rationalise in some way. Okay. Well, oh. right. So psychology, psychotherapy. Then the masters is the stuff that interests us a lot. Yeah. Because and we're kind of yeah. like fully just <laughs> shrunk that yeah, into took us 28 long, yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of like three and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> but still like from that, like going yeah. down that very interesting field and yeah. then like where does 
yeah. reincarnation and is this a something that you go right I want to understand why people think this is a mm. thing or did you have a like a a pre-existing idea of yeah. like no this did is something I believe it? into Was a little accident? bit or no mm. so this is it I already had my counseling practice running when I was doing my masters. Mm-hmm. And so I did some hypnosis training and then I my very first client was this young Australian Caucasian male, 21 year old bogan, tattoos all over him, painter by trade. I think I know him. To give you <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, ba- that's Baz from last week. I think that's fucking every yeah. Australian, yeah. yeah. Every miner on the on the on yeah. site in mm. Pilbara. Um, so essentially he was coming in for, for your basic counseling and stuff like that. And I said, look, I've just practiced some hypno hypnotherapy, man. Would you be keen to sort of get into it? And he was like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. So cool. So we went into it and straight away he starts going, okay, 10 year old, he's seeing this five years old, he's seeing this stuff. And then he goes down to like, I'm just regressing him to age by this time, by the way, context, I came out of psychology with a reductive biologist sort of view on psychology meaning we are just meat computers pretty much right spirituality was a nice idea um but i didn't have any grounding philosophy or belief too much you know psychics were like yeah that's a nice idea um so essentially yeah i'm regressing him thinking going through his ages to a young boy age regression it's called right Mm -hmm. he starts on one and a half he's experiencing this playing with blocks and stuff he says it's a bit blurry but this is what's happening so cool cool and then he goes all the way back to his birth and he's like, oh, I've just been born. And he's like, "I'm doctor's passing me to my mum and I can feel the blanket on my skin. It, I don't like it. Mm. So he's adding some feeling context to it as well. I was like, well, I, I can't validate or invalidate this, but it's a nice idea. It when kind of makes sense as well, well like coming from inside from a, a womb, womb to, a to like this blanket. Yeah, he's like, I don't like it. Yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, but you, whether it's valid or not, we don't know and I can't prove it. All yeah. I know is it's unlikely for someone to say that with as much emotional conviction that he was as well, right? Yeah. Like, oh, cool. And then this is where everything changed. And I asked a question that no hypnotherapist asks. Mm. And I've learned that now. They'll say, and I said, okay, now just go to the time and place that you most need to go to Mm. for your healing. I left it up to the subconscious mind to then decide. And then he starts explaining, I'm in this body. I'm 27 years old and my client's 21. So I'm Mm. like, okay, he's projecting himself six years into the future. Mm. Uh, Okay, I'll go with him. And then he starts explaining uh, what he was doing. I was like, cool, I'm taking notes. And I was like, okay, fast forward. He's explaining a body type that wasn't quite his body type as well. And he said his name was Jeremy. I'm like, that's not even his name. Mm. So I'm like, where's he going with this? Well, he's really, I'm sorry, are these going near something traumatic that you know, we know that the ego can fragment a, a version of us to play out trauma so it's not too close to home, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm like, he's really constructing a false identity here to really live out something, you know? So yeah. I'm going to go with it, right? This is new goes all the way forward and he, I'm fast forward, fast forward. Okay, what happens next? What happens next? So he's going through this life. I'm like, okay. He gets all the way to his deathbed and he's in hospital, right? And I said, okay, how old are you? He says, I'm 72 years old. I said, okay. Um, it's uh, palindromic of 27. Right? Hey. And I'm like, okay, w- what's happening? He says, I'm dying of heart failure. I said, okay, you're aware that you're dying? He says, yes. I said, is anyone with you? He says, yeah, my wife, Susan, she's on my left. I said, okay. Um, she's holding my hand. I said, okay. Do you have any children? He says, yes. Axel and Chris, I love them dearly. Mm. Off like no no doubt in his voice, yeah. no no hesitation. I'm like, okay, cool. Is it? But they're not here. I was like, okay. Um, all right. Is there a date? Is there a date? Is there like you got a date anywhere around this hospital? And then he just waits about five seconds and he says, yeah, September 11, 1981. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, 81? Mm. 
Backwards? Yeah. Okay, so this is 15 years before his birth. I hell thought you were going to say 2001. Come on, Boris. Yeah. So he's gone now. So I'm, okay, I'm writing it down. He's in the past. Okay, cool. So I said, "How? okay, uh, what happens next? And he goes, he says, I've, I've just died. I said, okay. So where are you then? Nice. He says, I'm above my body and my wife Susan's still holding my hand. She's crying. I said, okay, well, what do you notice? He said, if that body's there, what are you? How could I describe you then, your vantage point? It's like I'm a ball of light. I said, a ball of light? And he's like, yeah, something like that. And he says, and there's this big grand light above me and it's drawing me in. And I'm like, okay, how does it feel? He says, it feels euphoric. I said, okay, if it feels right, continue on, see what happens next. Mm. And he passes Beautiful. into this light. Mm. And then all of a sudden, here's where it gets weird. He is where it gets weird. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it gets way weirder. Okay. And he starts, his voice, so his, his linguistic style shifts. So the way he constructs his language and his words changes. He's now speaking proverbially, meaning like very proper. Um, saying things like, just say, I ask him a yes or no question. He'll say certainly mm. instead of yeah. You know, he's a bogan mm. and he's saying certainly. Mm. And then anyway, so I said, okay, so if you've just died, right? I said, but you're also born here in 1996. Mm. What happens in those 15 years? Yeah. And he says, nothing. We waited for this body. Nice. I said, we? This body says, yes, he will unite people. Um, he was struggling with the fear of isolation in this, in this life here, which he needs to overcome here. But he will unite people in this body. I said, if oh, we, I'm getting he, I love it. Really? And so I'm like, he, mm. who, who are you hey, then? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. So who are you? <laughs> and you know what he says? Kleinheid. Wow. And I said, one of the souls. Kleinheid. So I said, can you spell that? He says, K L E I N E H A I D E. I still remember writing it down when yeah. he said it. And I said, where's that from? And he goes, it's ancient. You wouldn't understand. Wow. So he assumes my knowledge. Yeah. You wouldn't understand. What? Yeah. So I'm talking to this this on this this voice mm. that's I'm beyond my client's linguistic capacity. This guy's pronouns are out of control. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Seventy two. Yeah. Fuck. And so here I am, and I said, "Okay, so who are you? If your client, what's your role? What are yeah, you yeah. doing here?" And he's like, "You could say I'm watching over him." Or he says, "But some might refer to me as an ascended master, but these are all just names. Yeah. They, they mean nothing." How are you feeling? Right now in this, when you're going through yeah. this. Is this, because this would start to. Mm. I would be, I, fuck, based off the shit I've read, I would be going so deep, but this would be the first time you've first experienced time. Would you be excited? Yeah. Would you get, do you think you'd get nervous? I like, would love yeah, A little bit like oh, froth, something's man. happening. Here. I was excited. So, but you don't want to, and you don't want to, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to impart your bias That's onto right. this person, right? So you My just scientific mind yeah. stayed with like this client onwards for the next year like my scientific mind was always skeptical yeah 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 seeing where's this coming where are they conjuring up this knowledge from yeah. i've set up experiments and everything for this now yeah cool you know, so, so yeah kleinheit says kleinheit says and he goes um he goes uh there's also a life in greece and egypt greece 747 bc he was a soldier blah blah went through this he needs to resolve that egypt he needs to resolve this i said okay all right we go to egypt and then He's explaining Egypt, and I'm going to show you an 18-second recording, which he has given me permission Sick. to use. Oh, wow. 18 seconds, he drops into another language. <laughs> <laughs> has it been translated since? Not translated, but I have given it to, and I can't even say the person who has somewhat validated it because mm. he didn't want to be on public record. as right. he's, a, he's a professor 
of ancient linguistics. Yeah. But when he found out the context of where I got it from, he's like, career suicide. <laughs> My name cannot go because it's spiritual. Yeah, it's, right. So he's like, but yeah, this is like Sumerian or something. Okay. He goes, um, this this language. I'll let you listen to it first. Yeah, cool. And just a couple things to, to to look out for. Just imagine how old he sounds, yeah. this person. Uh, maybe what language it might be and what he looks like. Just put it close to the mic yeah. there. Okay, yeah. listen to this. Wow. What the hell? That's a it was almost like, was that, that wasn't his action, like he didn't sound like that? No. Not at all. Yeah. No, this this is a white Sounds Australian. Sounds almost like, like Arabic. Like <laughs> yeah, white Australian bogan with tattoos all over him. Yeah. Not much of a vocabulary, not a judgment either. Yeah. But to put it in context. So I sent that to a particular professor of ancient linguistics and I didn't tell him the context first. I just said, can you recognize this language? And he said, professional opinion or personal opinion? I said both. Um, he said, professionally, we have lost a lot of languages from ancient times, but it's definitely Mesopotamian. Wow. Right? Which is during that period of time. And then he says, but if I had to guess, it most resembles ancient Egyptian. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that happens to be the context of where he was. Um, and right before he, <laughs> when he dropped into this language, he mumbled something first. And I said, what was that? What did you just say? And then he mumbled something else in this other language. And I said, what language is that? And he just says, the first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> That's mad. What? That's like the start of a, a horror film. <laughs> and, then I, yeah. and then I grabbed my phone and put yeah. it next to him and recorded. The, like, mu the mummy returns. Yeah, dude. So that's happened multiple times now. That's so sad. now I was on a mission to validate, to verify what is. So this, this is you've yeah. gone into this now yeah. this idea. You've just you've not intended to seek this out. You've no just, way. You've let him go there. Himself. Yeah. Now, yeah, I say didn't say I didn't say go to a past life. That wasn't even my belief. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't believe in spirituality or yeah. past life. This yeah. guy is like atheist as fuck, man. Yeah. So yeah. you're just trying to heal him and tell yeah. him to go to the point in in, in life in which he's going to be able to yeah, help man. heal his trauma. Correct. Thinking maybe he might go eleven years old, nine years. Who knows? Yeah. But then he's dropped into Jeremy's life. Yeah. Yeah. So that matches up with what has shaped a lot of my life beliefs and my life changes. And it's almost an identical experience as Michael Newton, Journey of Souls. Yeah, man. Have you read that? Yep. Yeah. So his first time he was speaking to this um, patient, asking him, I think he had back pain or something um, mm. from, the, from memory from the start of the book. So I read Journey of Souls and mm -hmm. he did essentially what you did. He's like, go back to where it hurts. And he went back to an ancient battle where he got stabbed with a bayonet through his back. And the guy's describing in great detail, he's dying and like he's describing what his um, battalion is and stuff. And the guy, the psychologist, Michael, was a, a amateur historian. He looked it all up and it was like bang on. And the bloke had no idea what Michael was talking about when mm. he came to. Yeah. So he accidentally got into what he termed the super conscious. Is that what yours yeah. would be? Cool. Like, what, subcon yeah. like conscious, subconscious, then the super conscious. Yeah, we're trying to conceptualise it, but yeah. it doesn't matter what you call it. All is that we know that if you dissolve the ego deep enough, so yeah. beyond, say, what Delby knows is true and not true, yeah. with all his frameworks of beliefs and values, if we can dissolve that identity enough, yeah. we can allow the sub call the subconscious, the super conscious, it doesn't even matter. So man. Like it, it drops into an <laughs> everything consciousness. We all love to play close to the edge like get mm. get as close to that idea of like oh we're nothing we're just a temporary mm. 
spiritual being that's having a, a yeah a temporary experience in a yeah. human body. We like to play with that idea, but yeah. the, as soon as you get to that point within your mind where you can accept that that means I have to be all right with just not existing, yeah. you start to go, nah, but I like what I'm doing here. Like I want to experience it. this, but that's that's where I guess that's where ego comes into play because mm. the death of ego is to be fully nothing acceptance acceptant of the fact that no i can die now and it doesn't matter yeah, because yeah. it's just part of a bigger grander yes. thing so your ego is not a bad thing or a good thing right it's just mm. a, an absolute necessary tool and mechanism of the mind for you to stabilize your identity across time mm. in a social world which mm. is what we live in that's the definition of an ego it needs you to play the game out long enough for you to learn whatever it is you came to learn or experience if your ego wasn't there you would you would find yourself on a fast track to death or isolation. Yeah. So, okay, well, I'll use some personal stuff that's happened mm. recently. I feel like I've come to this, and this is my ego mm. suggesting this, I guess. I feel like I've come to the, the end of this. I keep having in my head karmic cycle. is sort yeah, of man. ending and I'm starting a new, exciting, uh, the hard times are done and I'm back. Mm. I'm Karmic cycle is what keeps coming into my head. It kept coming into my dreams last night, for example. A karmic cycle is ending and I'm moving into this new forward one. What What is it in me that's mm. saying that? And is that something... Is it something you or is it your soul or is it... Yeah, exactly. What is it? Universal and, or consciousness. Is it my, I'm doing a lot of inner work, so I'm starting mm. to maybe understand some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's what such it, a trigger word for me. I'm doing inner work. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, I, but so I have been trying to yeah, understand why. why I've been protecting myself, for example. Yeah. Like I've not been open to being vulnerable. I feel like I'm vulnerable in this. But then mm. I am not. I, I know now and I, I won't go too much into that. But no, I definitely have been okay. holding back in certain ways. Mm. And I realised that only just recently. And oh, it's if such you a, want to know how much he's been holding back, it's such listen a, to the Patreon episode <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> but <laughs> it's such a, such a... It is such a... <sighs> What's it, uh, ego death sort of thing? It's like yeah. fuck you. You thought you were being open. Yeah. You were not. Anyone no. at any given moment in time thinks they are doing the best and they are the most open and fully functional yeah. in that moment. No matter how far they're on the fuck spectrum of mm. like narcissistic personalities or borderline personalities, multiple personality DID. It's like they all think they are fully functional usually um, until someone people reflect something different yeah. back to them. The world isn't happening the way they mm. thought it was. But anyone at any given moment thinks they are fully functioning. So it's only a question of do you want to go into the dark, the wilderness, to, s- to find out the truth, you know, to see how much of you still is to be explored. Mm. You're only operating from a fragment of a percentage of who you really are. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's not a game of let's hurry up and get to the end of now I know everything about myself. It's mm. not about that. It's more about the process of self-discovery and that's the exciting part, like doing a puzzle. So let me ask what, your, um, what you've started to form any beliefs from. Mm. Because um, you said you've done experiments and you've, you've yeah. sort of gone down this track, which mm. is super interesting to me, mm. because I'm of the belief after reading Michael Newton's book and a few other ones, mm-hmm. psychic mediums, his was past life. Everyone has the same sort of explanation as best as they can in human words as to what happens with us with reincarnation. We're a soul. Mm. We are here, like he said. I'm waiting for this body because he needs to experience whatever that is so mm. he can grow as a soul, and then when you go back to that light that you're speaking of, the place where Kleinheide was from, where all some form of a soul that's trying to get closer back to the original source, then we're in this life to like, whatever my soul is here, I'm here for a specific lesson. And I won't um, try and act like I'm grandiose and fucking Mm. smart enough to know what that is or act like I understand it. But 
it's kind of shaped my beliefs because why do that why would all these different people around the world there's no conspiracy they don't talk to each other and go hey when we die yeah uh the soul passes on to a safe place like a waiting room you're greeted by people you love you go back and you reincarnate again like there's no conspiracy for them to all say the same thing but people that have done past life regressions and spoken to souls or whatever it is or psychic mediums that claim they can speak to other entities they all come back to this same sort of explanation and pathway have you what have you found from your mm. research is it similar or is it completely different mm. no it, yeah i'm getting a, a framework now of, of what i think is going on um yeah there's a lot to it but essentially what we're noticing is that the human the human experience is this is where it's so complicated but we're learning with our human mind we're learning slowly but mm. it's as if there was someone watching us just laughing at us how far off, how <laughs> yeah, far off we are. Yeah. <laughs> but put it this way, if the ego is willing to step aside long enough yep. for you to experience a broader consciousness, regardless of what that is, then you go into uh, a field, a field of energy that, that disobeys Newtonian physics yep. beyond time and space. So even linear time disappears. So the idea of past lives, I was then, now I am now, mm. that's only because we are now reading and experiencing that and speaking about that from a human perspective where mm -hmm. we measure time linear. Yeah. We measure, so we experience the 3D and then fourth dimension is time. Yeah. You know, so time runs so we can experience a moving object of the third dimension, but time does not exist beyond this fourth dimension or third dimension experience. Okay. When you go beyond your egoic state, you can experience beyond time. And so how do we even navigate that sensibly is where we look at um, the way we have now understood uh, uh, quantum physics, where we're looking at the concept of entanglement, yep. where you can have two particles. Are you guys aware of that? Yeah. Yes. Is that where so you separate them and they do the same thing? Correct. The entanglement yep. means that they are, they are obviously operating of the same system that when you manipulate one, the other one responds in real time without mm. any time delay. So as you manipulate one, the other one is affected. And that disobeys Newtonian, say, basic local theory of physics, yep. you know. Because even your phone, you can receive a call, but you know that it came from another phone, went to a tower, tower to your phone. It still passes through time and can be measured. Yep. Whereas the entanglement is real time. Yeah. There so is it's no not delay. action, reaction, it's just action, action? Action, action, and same at, yeah. time. And at what yeah. point does the observer play a part in this? The yeah. observer effect is a is is a massive, massive thing. Without the vantage point of human lens, <laughs> this is where the, where the reductive materialist model for science, what we say, oh, this is scientific or spiritual, and they're not the same. Again, you're measuring everything through the human five senses yeah. right and then you're saying this is true but it's only true through the lens of the five senses yeah. you know so yes beyond that you could say we can't even measure or we can't understand beyond what we can actually interpret through our five senses yeah but now the quantum physics last year the nobel prize went to these three quantum physicists or theoretical physicists and finally have proven non-local theory they've got enough experimentation now that the quantum realm operates through non-locality, meaning that time and space barely even the, the Newtonian classical physics of needing, say you needing to learn something physically to mm -hmm. know it rather than psychically being connected. It's like that has all, at least at a subatomic level, been proven that wow. that's how the subatomic realm exists. So if we are a bunch of subatomic particles, yeah. how come it's a foreign concept that we can operate the same, that I can know something without any physical connection to it? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so it's starting to understand the essence of us. Yeah. I get it that while I am here operating with gravity and all the things that Newtonian physics govern us by, I know that this is how it looks. 
So at a molecular level and above, you are noticing basic Newtonian physics. So we all agree on that. So the science minds or the reductive materialist models, we get it that that's the thing that governs the third dimensional human experience. But consciousness, Mm. the essence, the deeper parts of consciousness, who you really are, goes into the subatomic realms. Mm. It disobeys time and space. It is beyond Newtonian physics. And if we are that, then and our consciousness is almost going into the atom, Mm. then we are now experiencing beyond time and space, past lives, all that kind of stuff. The the collective consciousness idea is so interesting. Mm. But even these old philosophical questions that mm. were asked are being proven scientifically. Like, now you know, are. if a tree falls in the woods did it fall, and no yeah. one's around to hear it, did mm. it make a sound? And these right. are sort of being answered now by quantum entanglement and stuff, which Correct. is <laughs> fucking mind-blowing yeah. to think these sorts of people who were asking these questions for years. That's right. Well, now we can do it. it. Now mm. we can do it because at least we're, we're trying to wonder what's the bridge, right? Trust me, everyone asks the same question. What's the bridge between science and spirituality or metaphysics, right? Where is that bridge? Because right now there's just two camps, mm. you know? It's either, oh, hey, I met a psychic the other day or I am psychic and you've got this other side saying, well, no, sorry, I believe in science, yeah. mm. you know? And, and reducing that to just uh, a wishful thinking or, yeah. Um, yeah, just reading, interpreting things or well, playing games. That comes back to what you were saying prior to the pod, Delby, like why is there no bridge between... The, yeah, yeah. the spiritual and scientific world. Like there is a bridge now. Yeah. This is what we're getting. So I think scientifically, m- meaning the microscope, the best we've got now is quantum physics. We're understanding the behavior of the entanglement. All we have to do now is what the panpsychists have done, which is a philosophical gr- uh, school of thought. Um, they have now said, well, if consciousness is at a subatomic level, meaning it's just energy, energy and vibration, and right? Yeah. Then it's like, well... Now all these phenomenal things that are happening to us, it starts to at least have some grounding because we know that a subatomic level, mm. time and space, physicality, local theory, Newtonian physics doesn't obey, it doesn't happen. So right? instead of it being some sort of woo-woo spiritual yeah. thing, it en- ends up being a, quite a scientific yeah. thing that we just don't understand. That's yet. right. Mm. But what we care, <laughs> right, instead of trying to prove something, what we're just trying to figure out is how does this affect the human experience, mm. right? Really, you can prove a whole bunch of facts, but really always comes down to what does this change about the human experience yeah. by knowing this stuff, right? So say to run a system, an economic or medical system, psychological system for intervention, you can't do that if you don't have some scientific explanation of causality, right? Mm. To make sense of it or else it's like, well, you know, you can't replicate it. Um, what is it that, why is it this person's going to pass life? You know, there's nothing really grounding in mainstream science that says this is worth changing a system over a belief of a psychological model but there is they just don't want to look yeah it's in the school of virginia the university of virginia um they have a ton of research there that's where it's at academically studied where they've gone deep and deep into past lives uh psychic phenomena finding out well they now know it's like without even a shred of doubt that there is human physicality and then there is spirit or consciousness they Mm. are not the same they interact with each other but Mm. we are not fundamentally um, biology and then consciousness emerges so to make this very simple by the way guys if we talk about um, reductive materialism meaning the people that believe in say um, that your dreams and your your psychic stuff just comes from brain Mm. excitement right your fear of death creating stuff but it's not real they are traditionally what we call physicalists or materialists mm-hmm. right, or reductive materialists. That everything fundamentally in the universe comes down to matter. 
Yep. And then our consciousness from brain activity creates these phenomenal experiences of thought, memories, yeah. dreams and all that. But it just came from brain activity. Yeah. So it's not special as you think it is. That's the current side of camp of reductive materialism that, that governs objective science today. Yeah. Those are the people that are saying, well, sorry, I believe in science. Yeah. But that's not science. That is a version of science called reductive materialism or logical science. So your brain has created anything you have in a dream. It's just because your brain's gone. Hey, we need to process this. Process this is it, what's happening. And the neurons, people who yeah. um, say trust the science also say trust the vax. And they also <laughs> yeah. say that a woman can be a man. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. just throwing it out there. The science yeah. is flawed. Yeah. If, if you want to mess with someone, right, and if they say, well, everything comes down to biology, just ask them where do memories sit in yeah. biology then? And they, they might say, well, your brain. So where? If they, mm. if they know a bit about the brain, they'll say your, your, your hippocampus lights up when, you know, that's what we notice on an fMRI scanner and it, and so you're saying, well, the hippocampus say, well, if you cut open the hippocampus, show me the point where the 25th of August yeah. 1996 is. It's an interesting thing. Right? And it's like, mm, you can't do that, right? But so you cannot reduce a memory to a physical location in mm. a body. Correct. So now we know memories are actually nowhere in the physical body, mm. yet it governs the entire experience of a human. Mm. Yeah. Memories. We've, so we've got That's our own cloud. Yes, yeah. you have your own cloud in the yeah. ether. That's a really, yeah. that's a good way of thinking yeah. about it. It doesn't exist in it, biology. That blows my mind, right? Like mm. I've got our own theory, uh, which ties into what you're saying, just about the pod, mm. where I go Ooh. pull up a random word <laughs> and <laughs> I, the random word could be like orange. And mm. my aim is let's, oh, get, let's talk play. about yeah, yeah, yeah. something that's happened to us with orange. Mm. And you've got these memories that you haven't rem like ever accessed mm. and you pull them out of mm. wherever the fuck it was and you forgot that it was even there. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can't possibly have 36 years of memories in my brain, man. It, it can't just be stored there. It's being stored somewhere else and I'm accessing it from some, some other point. So the reductive materialist will say to you, well, that's just your, your limited capacity of cognition to realise mm. that your brain actually has the capacity to remember everything. Yeah. Right? So that doesn't, doesn't still, for a scientific mind, doesn't justify... Um, that there is something more, and I can yeah. see that. I, right? I can see that side as well. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yep, yep. However, right, this is what if someone recalls something that they have never experienced, mm. and it can be proven that they've never experienced. Now, this is where the debate is for the past life reincarnation. Academic debates are. Mm. This is where I went into right. So my master's research was on this. It's on the phenomenal things that are happening that we can measure, we can see it, right? We can observe it empirically, right? This person could recall details of a lifetime from 200 years ago that mm. she's never been to this country. There was no internet. There's no digital footprint of this life. Yet they could recall the, the, the names of the family members, the type of work they did, how they died. Um, the townsman, honorable, blah, 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 was this person at that place there. And you know what? You take that person to that location and you find out that everything they said was real. Mm. How do you, how do you make do you sense of that? That disobeys Newtonian physics, yeah. reductive material. When it's verified knowledge from a place they've never been. And yeah. trust me, if everyone's, oh, that doesn't exist. Like, yes, it does. It absolutely does. My entire research was on yeah. discovering these cases. We have a great Australian researcher called Peter Ramstay, still alive. Um, he did one of the most, I think it's crazy how little attention it's gotten. The most comprehensive scientific study ever done, I think, in the world. Mm. And it was a guy and done in like it was conducted in 81, 1981. Yep. And he's as a psychologist over in New South Wales and he was a filmmaker and researcher. He was doing what I was doing, hypnotizing people. And then people started talking about past lives. He's like, mm. what the hell is this? Same mm. thing happened to me. 
And then he then set up a proper experiment where he had rigorous controls in place to figure out what are these guys doing, right? Mm. He eventually broke it down to picking four participants, clients of his um, that were speaking with a r- lot of detail about these other lifetimes. And when you say clients, it's yeah. not the actual client speaking, right? It's the soul or the whatever the thing that's coming through. Mm. Yeah, good question. Y- you, yeah, Them or someone else, let's just say it's coming from their mouth. Collective. But there is a higher part above their ego. That's mm. all we know. So regardless of what we call it, the ego is here and it knows, it believes this. So, particular example, Gwen McDonald was one of the participants of this, of uh, Peter Ramster's study. Gwen McDonald has never been out of New South Wales ever in her life. She was, oh, I'm going to get the age wrong, but she was maybe late 50s or early 60s. Um, and so she'd never left New South Wales in her life, um, didn't believe in spirituality. She thought it was quite laughable, mm-hmm. very skeptical. Um, she didn't realize that. So that's her egoic beliefs, right? Yeah. When she went under trance with Peter, she's now talking about a whole other lifetime in Somerset, England, yeah. right? With detail from like 1780 uh. something, right? Detailed, real detailed. And then she was uncovering details after details, which were now, verified. <coughs> what's... And so how mm. is this controlled in regards to what's to stop this person having done a little bit of research on someone mm. and, and being like, oh, I want to be part of this and prove it, mm. so I'm just going to fake it and do this research. Okay, Ooh, so let How me, do we control this? I'll give you two things now, right? So she's, while under trance in New South Wales, they, it's all video recorded, so this is a free yep. video on YouTube. You can you can watch the, the two, I think it's like an hour and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she's under trance. She is giving some detail about a mother's maiden name, um, her name was Mary Rose Duncan. That was her name that she gave as this other lifetime. Mm-hmm. Her mother's maiden name from this life was like Lethbridge or something like that. Mm. Um, she said there is Honourable Archibald something who was the townsman in this location. Cool. So she's getting all this data. The house that I stayed in has a window here. It's mm. the white colour here. The yard's like this. And there is a stone this is where it gets crazy, right? So the stone in this area, in this room where the window's there, there is one stone in the middle which has this squiggle. So while she's under trance, mm. he asks her, can you draw that squiggle, this particular... And she draws this squiggly line, right? This particular pattern that was in this stone. Wow. And then, anyway, so what he does... Um, he, she also talks about a, yeah, some quarry that was next like yeah, next to it, two k's down the road as well. So she had all this, all this detail about this lifetime. What he does is he takes her, flies her for the first time on mm. record to uh, Somerset. And by the way, she called her house a tallet. And a tallet, tallet is, uh. the, is a unique colloquial term that they used in Somerset, England in the 1800s and early, yeah, in the 18th century. Um, so it's like it's them a very unique language. Well, I'd be like an English per, uh, an American saying airshake. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I have no context. You got it. There's no context. Yeah. And it's unique for that, for that area yeah. as well. Um, anyway, so he takes her, blindfolds her, and you can see it all in film, then drops her in the middle of this town of Somerset to just see what happens to her first. It's crazy way to treat a dementia patient. <laughs> 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 Where am I? <laughs> yeah. And what his, his hypothesis was, if she is psychically connected to this other life, maybe she'll start recalling things as she sees it. So she starts wandering through this town. He's following her, prompting nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it starts to come back to her. You can see her pointing at things, and they find the building where the honourable Archibald something was there they knock on the door and there's mm. no digital archives so they ask him they pull out the archives of 200 years ago and there's honourable Archibald Fuck something yeah. written his That's name sick. he was there right? and there's no <laughs> no digital footprint whatsoever okay. anyway 
It says, okay, see if you can, it's all coming back to her. There was a pub there, she starts saying, it's all like remembering stories. She's in my house, and she starts walking Was she freaking out while she's doing this? She's Im- getting emotional that she can remember it. Because was she, so like she was not in trance at No, this not point? in trance, she's yeah, walking, right. right? It's all rem- like she's remembering wow. from a dream she said it felt like. Yeah. So she's walking to her house, Ugh, right? Yeah. Crossing this little bridge and stuff, and it's like, I, I, it's, she's getting more and more excited. You can see this, this, this beautiful old lady, and she's saying, oh, it's just over this hill, I'm sure of it, I'm sure of it. There it is, this white cottage in the middle of this hill by itself, right? And it's covered and there are people living there. And now there's this house and, and all of a sudden they knock on the door, people come out and she says, um, and well, Peter's like, oh, so you said there was a window here, but there's actually no window there. And it's just all brick. Mm. But anyway, the owners let her in, let everyone in. And there it was on the inside. You could see the frame of the window that was there. Wow. It's bricked up. And so there it was. And then she's like, this is where the stone was. But now it's being used as a barn. There's ducks everywhere, geese everywhere, and there's shit covering the whole thing. Ugh. Right? So it's thick in mud like this far. And so Peter's like, okay, for the sake of this experiment, can we hire some people to dig up all this mud mm. and see if we can find this stone? And so they dig up this, this, all this shit pretty much, and there it is right in the middle of it, this sto- one stone that wow. she described with the same squiggly mark. It's in fucking it. unreal. I've heard a sword oh, of the stone, but now, okay. shit in the stone is like the most epic. You've wow. <laughs> That's sick. I love yep. that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So There's no – no, nah, that's good because I was going to say what – in my head, like just because mm. I, buy, I buy in. I believe yeah. what you're saying. Delby believes uh, what you're saying. I believe, I believe, I believe. But I'm trying to be skeptical, <coughs> skeptical here, and just you know, try and really mm. push this question. So yeah. I'm just, she's like, sixty, what's so she doesn't know how to use Google Maps for a start. Or yeah. Google, Google Earth, um, and it would have been covered over. So yeah, the the, the stone really is the the biggest Stones one, and then the potentially the 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 um, the, uh, the window being blocked mm. up. So it really but does we, take away the aspect of potentially that's a going one there in and having say it's a one that, yeah. say it's a one in right so now we want to know is that a repeatable is experiment? it repeatable yeah. has there been any other cases absolutely well look at this uh, I don't cases. know uh, I'm going to butcher the details of it but mm. that kid who the young kid who said he was killed by someone took him to the um, went to the address showed where they were dressed they dug up a body Found out who it was, and then the guy got arrested for actually murdering. Is, is that an right? old wise tale one? It's though? not the old wise tale because that one had been verified, and that was yeah. an interesting one. But there's still no like, because there's a heap of young kids that still think that they are in the other body, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. The lead researcher for that in the world is a guy who's died now, Dr. Ian Stevenson, who was a psychiatrist in Virginia. That's right, his next life will come back. As yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, he remembers all his research yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's all his work is done at the um, the School of Medicine at the University of Virginia. It's the division is called DOPS, Division of Parapsychological Studies. Mm. That's where you'll find kid studies like through the roof. Yeah, because they, they haven't disconnected from their past. Correct. So th- we're talking about, okay, well, these are cases of kids saying, this was my name, this is how I died, this is my family's name. Yep. They're American kid, but they're talking about a life in India. Yeah. It's so much detail. So what they've done is through experimentation is that they've gone to these locations mm. to see if these this information yeah. is accurate. And yeah, out of, I think, one particular study he did, <clears throat> there was like 2,000 something, 2,500 kids that were reporting it. He's cancelled out like 15, no, it was like a 1,000 of them. As though There's too many grey areas, but yep. 1,500 of them have been verified. As yeah. We could not explain. This is rigorous science yeah. as well and, and sensible psychiatrists. Dr. Ian Stevenson was no, no, no little chump. He was like mm. a pioneer of psychiatry at the time. Wow. Yeah. What's the name for people listening on the YouTube of the Dr. Mary one? What was it? Where you could see it? YouTube, yeah. Just, yeah. It, just type, I think it's reincarnation. Just put 1981. 
mm. documentary reincarnation 1981 cool. it's peter ramster peter ramster r-i-m-s-t-e-r so nice. i'm yeah so i'm interest, interested have you past done past life regression for yourself i have yeah, yeah one by another person um no, two by yeah by other people, and then myself. You could say I I, I can drop into a, a meditative state or a yeah. hypnotic state and start to sense and feel things. Yeah, I I my ego stops me from being hypnotized because like I've read a ton on NLP and like any time I've tried to go to a hypnosis, I've tried to go to a life, past life regression. I just knew what they were doing. Like yeah. when they're talking to me, I'm yeah. like, oh, they're getting me to do this. These words are matching up with this. Yeah. That's because you're thinking as well. Yeah. You're not shutting off. So, so you can't get into that state. You know, you were talking before the potty, you were saying that the, um, you know, you're hypervigilant, right? Mm. Say it looks like ADD or ADHD, right? Yeah. Your hypervigilance, right? That would come from, <clears throat> if I had to guess, uh, a childhood of, of, of chaos, needing to be making sure that you were safe, you know, because yeah. life was unpredictable, too that's unpredictable. That's what Chelsea said. Yeah, that's yeah. usually the theory, right? That can look into that. But that's a theory. So it just means that when someone is going to do something to me, it's like, well, things have happened in my life where when I let go, it didn't turn out well for me. Yeah, every right? relationship. <laughs> <I'm in. laughs> so why yeah. should I really, right? So yeah. the hypervigilant young boy in you, or yeah. say not even the young boy, but the protector that he's employed, he's like on super guard. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm making sure that that vulnerable little boy that once experienced that level of pain never mm. goes there again. And so I'm going to make sure I'm aware of everything this person's doing, mm. right? Stay Because that's how I survive. That's how I take care of yeah. me. Only I take care of me. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss and so that's why it would be harder for you to let go. But it's not an unnatural state that you put yourself in almost daily. Yeah. Right? The hip, people make this big song and dance about the hypnotic state. It's a daily phenomenon that you do. Daydreaming is part of it. Yeah. Do you drive? Yeah. So you ever gone through a set of traffic lights and wondered, shit, was that even green? Yeah, the, the cops pulled me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But mine often is like, I'll go to the cafe, I think, and then I'll just like stare out the window. Yeah. Dude. And then like... Moving dreaming. Then I'll... Like, what do you think going to bed and dreaming is? Yeah, I drop out of it and I've read somewhere, like, whatever, I'm ADHD, whatever. That's, like, that's your, like, connecting thing. Like, even though you just sit there zoning out, don't snap yourself out of it because you're just being Mm. present in that moment Mm -hmm. and not forgetting what's happened before that. But, yeah, when you're driving, similar experiences. That's hypnosis, man. Yeah. Essentially, but I think you guys had a hypnotist on here recently. Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt Howell. Howell, yeah. So he's w- more of the comedy Correct. Style. Yeah. So Fun. when he hypnotizes someone, you would have gone into alpha brainwave, mm-hmm. right? Which is... That's where I stay, dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's, always, there's, always one, there's always one guy. <laughs> All right, well, you stay yeah, on yeah, alpha. Yeah. Um, we'll leave Delvey on alpha. <laughs> we'll go to theta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... What is that one? Fight. Theta. Theta. So theta. right now we're in beta. So conversational styles, your yep. waking state is characterized by, by beta, right? Yeah. Alpha is the hypnotic state, the, the first stage of hypnosis where you're somewhat in trance or they might call the zone. I'm in the zone. Yeah. You know? So that's the, uh, that's the alpha. And then 
before you sleep, you're drifting away. Mm. Yeah, that's theta. So where I'd hypnotize people is not alpha. I, I support, I'll go through the alpha state and I'll take you to theta, yeah, which cool. is three to eight hertz of your brain activity. Yeah. So we sleep almost like a state of hypnosis or a slight state of... Yeah, they call it hypnagogic meditation? state or somnambulistic, right? Hypnagogic? Hypnagogic, yeah. Hypnagogic. So your body is now can't tell... Hypnagogging! <laughs> Fuck that! <laughs> Pussy! Ain't <laughs> 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 got time to sleep, motherfucker! <laughs> you can keep your hypnagogans, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's characterized by the, I don't know what's real and not real. So you're allowing yourself to just think about the day. Then yeah. that thing goes about to what happened last week. And before you know it, you're allowing yourself to live on that content of the mind with, with, with depth. Yeah. There's no questioning yeah. of it until you know you're, you're dreaming. So you go on past theta. Theta is pretty much the average sleep. And then you'll drop into delta, which is deep, deep sleep. You know, yeah. about three, three times a night or twice a night. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Would you be able to, let's say you try to, um, get me through alpha and I get to that theta, mm -hmm. would you be able to stop my ego coming in and going, ah, oh, this, is, this isn't real, man. Fucking get back. I can't say what I can or can't do. All I know is that I have done that with others that yeah. have ADHD. Um, yeah. So my role isn't to hypnotize you. My role is to help you feel safe. Yeah, okay. Mm. In that safe feeling. Yeah. What happens is that protector that you've employed to make sure you stay safe forever and yeah. you take care of you, I would be talking to him. Yeah. Have you taught yeah. your voice and tone and cadence to do that? Yeah. Because you're very... Yeah. Like talking Relax. now, yeah, yeah, very. I feel yeah. feel very calm. I need you I to read me my bedtime story. Yeah, yeah, can you tell <laughs> read me a story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once upon a time, <laughs> there was a little boy. I'm an Indian. There yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just must. It must play a role. The tone, yeah, it does. cadence, Absolutely. everything. Yeah, yeah. To, to, all it is, you're trying to generate an experience for the person, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if my voice, it just helps someone. If I'm connected to my heart space, meaning that I'm open, I'm not trying to hypnotize anyone. Mm. I'm really just turning up in my relaxed state. That has an effect on how you receive me. Mm. You know? And so if you hear that in my voice, it's going to give you permission to let go, go more. And more. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. I'm like, focus here now, you, you can slightly be aware of that. It's like, you can hypnotize someone like that. Yeah. But if someone's like playing the Matt I don't trust you game, yeah, yeah. then yeah. I don't need, because I can use those same techniques, and Matt, but it's like for these types of, cases yeah, yeah. i don't need to that i'll do it in a more of a gentle way where you are allowing yourself to drift away now would my preconceived idea of what's happened mm. affect that or does that completely disappear because i won't say what it is because i really want to see you and do it i probably mm. don't have time to do it live mm. um but you should definitely book in and do yeah, it one of, yeah. my, one of my friends has Record uh, it. she mm. went and did a thing and she reckons that i was with her and she's come up with this whole thing because we have this shared past uh, the shared I, both of us have this same feeling of something that's happened to us. Yeah. And it, I've very never common. told anyone that before. Mm, very common. She never told anyone. And when we said it, we're like, what the fuck? Like yeah. how? It's such a random thing. I'll tell you later. But yeah. and after I do it, because I don't want to dig yeah. it. Yep. And then yeah. she yeah. went and saw a past life, someone from Michael Newton's uh, training academy in Perth. I think there's a, one person mm -hmm. potentially. And then, um, yeah, that came up. And it. I don't know if that's just her mm. subconscious explaining it and creating, making it out. Mm -hmm. So I want to know if I do it, if I have the exact same experience, mm -hmm. then that would be fucking Would you like already super. now be biased? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, would my idea of what's happened, would that come up because I already have uh, it? Ah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a preconceived. Yeah. You know? So yeah. put it this way, right? This is a great question. So good because what we're talking about is two different things. One is 
the validity of it is now contaminated. Mm. So scientifically, you mm. could say, well, it's contaminated. This, you already had a preconceived idea. Yeah. And even if you forgot about it, say there was something when you were five years old, yep. you you know, you were experiencing something in Egypt in a museum, and then all of a sudden you have a past life that's very similar to what you saw as a five-year-old, but yeah. you don't have any recollection of that five-year experience. Yes. You believe that oh, this was an actual, I must be. You have actually experienced it in this life, so it can be explained through reductive materialism, right. but you've forgotten. It's called cryptomnesia, and so we don't know what you don't can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. However, what's more significant therapeutically um, is that if you went into this experience, right, yep. and you were emotionally connecting to it, meaning there was, there was um, a display of, of heightened emotion, um, sadness, grief, whatever it is, right, it's very hard to fake that. Yeah, this is why hypnos hypnotists on stage even will to validate their work and um, to show that someone is hypnotized. They will draw upon emotions like laughter and then be able to switch it off immediately. Yeah. very hard to do if you're in an awakened state. Yeah, so they'll use emotion because emotions are very hard to fake, especially grief when we have such a um, a strong protective layer to go avoid negative grief or, yeah. or sad feelings, negative feelings. But when you go into these states, and this is what happens with these past life things i don't i don't valid i don't need to validate them anymore but you watch this person one they're having a very rich emotional experience mm. you know the sadness the grief over a child that they've never met mm. why are they why are they experiencing holding and crying over it mm. at the loss of it why is it that they that their partner is leaving them for war and they are in like hysterics yeah. when they've never met this person in this physical life you could say, well, just having a dream experience, you Maybe know. Nicholas Cage. Playing at a movie. Yeah, yeah right. It's like, who cares? Yeah. But essentially, when it starts, you see crossovers in their life now. It's like, okay, this loss here is a pattern that you're noticing. So karmic cycles was the word you mm -hmm. used, right? You're seeing these same themes operating this life here very, wow. very synchronously. And then they make sense of it in a way that enriches their life. Right. The wisdom that they extract from that past life experience um, that enriches their life here, then it's like, who cares if it's real or not? Mm. It was when something is emotional, it's lived experience, which makes it real for your subjective reality. And it, as long as it helps, it's almost like, well, fuck. It doesn't mm. matter. Yeah. Now, do you have to be careful about leaving something unresolved where like yeah. they're in a past life and there's a mm. war and then they come out of the state and they're like, fuck man, like where, where's my brothers? Ah, where's my wife? Yeah, like Great life. question. So these sessions are three hour sessions. If I do, if someone wants to experience this, then it's three hour sessions and I leave one hour extra because you want to be able to close this off as well. Yeah. Um, all it is is you want them to be able to resolve it. So imagine opening a chapter of grief and trauma, but then yeah. it's like, oh, sorry, mate, my time's <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Leaves like <laughs> fragmented, you know, like half yeah. can't drive properly. So yeah. yes, as a duty of care, you need to make sure this person in their egoic state mm. can compartmentalize it, categorize it, where it, in, it makes sense enough. Yeah. Uh, to give you an example, this is it was funny, that this guy was at a party and like full skeptic and thought I was talking shit and that I'm, I must be naive to believe in all this stuff. Yeah. Really having a crack at my, my credit ability you know yeah. that's course cool. so i'm actually not here to prove anything but i was like you can come and uh, experience a session if you want you know knowing that you are full skeptic and atheist and all that yeah come and experience it for yourself you know i'm not trying to prove yeah. anything just for more of a therapy experience it man this guy drops into like england 1885 <laughs> man and he's like a, he's a captain of a ship and he's experiencing loss and grief of his family and then he became corrupt and then he's feeling disgusting and dirty on himself that he's become corrupt 
um, he was like a general, you know, and he lived by a code and he broke that code for greed, you know, and in this war he, he stole from his own people, so he was disloyal. And then he took a ship out, he experienced taking a ship out by himself in the nighttime, the moon was glaring and he just jumps in the water for suicide and he kills himself, right? And he experiences this and he, boom, his eyes open <laughs> like a zombie in my couch, right? I'm like, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he goes and he looks at me he goes Boris what the fuck was that <laughs> I don't insert myself right? I'm just like yeah. Yeah. what do you think it was what do, he goes like I feel I feel angry at myself and I feel dirty yeah. like why do I feel so corrupt I'm corrupt yeah. he's, he's trying to piece it together and he's like what was that Boris was that real or am I making that up he's like that felt felt like a memory like it's real yeah yeah and he's he's now because it's so far from his egoic belief Mm, of atheism and all this stuff while he experienced which felt very real yeah it was him yeah while in this other body so he can't piece it together i need a cigarette boris he gets (laughs) up and smoking out the front of my office like walking backwards and forwards he's like so anyway came back in and guess what oh i can't say too much detail but Mm, yeah, no, I can't because he's got right. he's got a, he's it's got a tattoo yeah. that relates to wow. how he died, and ah. he doesn't know why he got that tattoo. Wow. Um, also, a phobia of water, doesn't know wow. why. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, very. And how how would you things. go about mending that then? Do you have to come to terms with what's happened in a past life to be able to move forward mm. in this one, mm. or yeah. are we reliving this life until we learn that lesson? Like, let's say the general that he was, the lesson that he will had to learn was not to be corrupted by greed and then he's lived another life where he's been mm. op- offered this opportunity is it by chance or do you see a repeating pattern you do. is the way he's fixing his past life by his soul has f- somehow clashed with you at this party now he's going to fix that yeah and that's, man. that was his path or yeah. what's to go with that maybe that's his path right that's what we're assuming that everything is purposeful right mm. if you believe that mm. it does seem that way um but the themes across uh, let's say prioritizing the material monetary world was another theme in this life as well. Yeah. Right. So it's as if his higher mind is trying to show him that, Hey, look at, look at the themes. It's not generating any happiness. You don't actually have to look at your past life to resolve it yeah. because the karmic cycles will show you the same themes. The sa- say cut past lives out the same trauma you've experienced in childhood that you see presenting itself over and over in every relationship mm. You don't have to look at your childhood if you want. It's great to see the origin and say, ah, that makes sense. Why? Mm. This is like, great. But still, what do you do about the patterns? Mm. You still have to take action. You have to notice it and that it's not, it's not helping you in any kind of way. So you get them to be more consciously aware yeah. of their unconscious patterns. I'm just doing this. And it might be past life. It could be childhood. It could be both that it's all playing itself out. It doesn't really matter. But essentially, you're trying to get them to be more consciously aware so their life is happening for them, not to them. Yeah. So, so what role... <clears throat> and we touched and we were having mm. a yarn before uh, the podcast started and we don't have long so yeah, um, uh, psychedelics yeah um, you're talking about psychedelics and their role in in, in healing traumas and yeah. stuff like that so um, what role do they play and do you is that something you uh, delve into or yeah. recommend or is there yeah what's the yeah there's a there? sensible way to navigate that world so I have full disclosure I have experienced mushrooms maybe five times six times therapeutically yeah not not in barley shakes or anything yeah. like that <laughs> and this is what I was saying before I've done yeah. it for fun but never for yeah I've never done it for fun for yeah. the experience I think Derby, did you say you've done it for experience yeah. and fun or a bit of both uh, each time I've done it except for in Amsterdam that was just a fun but Anytime here has been by myself. Yeah, yeah. for, for an experience. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. okay, put it this way. 
when you are trying to remember who you are, which is why I do these the work that I do, I'm trying to help an individual remember who they are beneath the egoic primal instincts mm-hmm. of survival so you can be more conscious, right? That's the aim. How one gets there doesn't matter. Mm. You're trying to re- not dissolve the ego or remove the ego just temporarily rest it to the side so I get to feel and sense myself, the true sense of I, beyond everything that I've experienced here. Mm. So I can separate the dual nature of my existence, meaning my body and all of its experience, accumulated experience, social learning, opposed to my true essence of spirit, my consciousness, whatever that energy source, which is timeless, the transcendental part of us. I'm trying to get people to navigate that. So mushrooms is another tool. Mm-hmm. where it can dissolve the ego, dissolves not the right word, but it's, it can check your ego or just rest it aside and get you to experience consciousness and it will be very unique for you. Mm. So it's not like a mushroom to take you to the same place. It has a signature about mushrooms, mm. but essentially it's there to do the same task. Is which it is to cheating? The ego. It's not cheating. No. It's not cheating at all. I mean, it's, it's there in nature. So is yeah. everything purposeful? If it does that and you choose to experience it that way, so do it. Yeah. But again, why am I doing it? I'm doing it because I'm trying to know myself better. Yeah. If you find that some of these, some of these psychonauts, oh, I did bloody 12 grams, I did 15 grams, 20 grams mm. dry, and they're doing it weekend, monthly, they've been doing it for years. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You, you, you haven't got the message yet, yeah. obviously. You're not listening, yeah. you yeah. know? And uh, I think Dr. Stephen Bright, we had him on mm. before. I don't know if you know his work, but he sp- spoke about psychedelics and the mm. ch- basically being a cheat way to experiencing, for lack of a better word, God. Mm. And he's like, if you it's had like that cheat code, why wouldn't you use yeah. it? doesn't yeah. necessarily, you don't sometimes have to do the work. Yeah. Sometimes doing the work is the b- is a better mm. way to do it. But if you've got that opportunity to have the cheat code, to have that experience, yeah. why wouldn't you use Maybe it? Maybe we're wasting our time. I mean, talk therapy and psychology is... A it is significantly more of a waste of the time than people are willing to admit. Mm. It's not a complete waste of time, but it, we are dragging out mental health issues with talk therapy. Yeah. We are now no psychedelic-assisted therapy yeah. with sensible people with the right framework is the future, as long yeah. as we just get out of our own way, you know, yeah. with all its red tape. Yeah. But that will be the future because it's not a cheat. It's just it will show an individual beyond what they have egoically constructed, which is false. Mm. Yeah. It will show you truth. It will be uncomfortable as fuck. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's what it's meant to do. It yeah. means you're aligning with truth. What you do with that, the integration is key. Yeah. And so like even recently, I know I've I figured out what my life path mm. is. But that's still my ego, I guess. Yeah, I speaking. find it so like <laughs> it's a trigger for me when people think that they figured shit out. It's like, what makes you so fucking good yeah, yeah. that you think you know? I'm an old soul. Anyone that says they're an old soul, I'm like, <laughs> you're not. Like, yeah. if you were an old... Like, you are not God. Like, we don't have that power. Yeah. Like, I'm an old soul. I know that I'm fucking this and this. It's like, do you? So or do you just think you do? And that pisses me off. You might. Yeah. And I don't know what it says about me, but for someone else to come and be like, yeah, I know my life, but I'm so, like, it's and like well, And so but I truly believe that I've gotten to this point now where I believe I, I don't have to achieve anything. I just have mm. to be an example to everyone of what's possible. Mm. That's what I am. That's what mm. I feel like. Or, and I don't know whether that's my ego. I reckon for sure. Because I, I just want, I want people you're true, to... If, you didn't, if, if it wasn't ego, you wouldn't say, I want to be an example for others. It'll just, I'm going to do what I'm doing. Exactly. For me. No, but I, that's... Well, exactly. I didn't need to bring it up then. But that's, that's probably my ego wanting to say that potentially. Mm. But that's what I truly believe inside. Like, mm. I don't have to achieve... I, I'm not 
trying to do anything except for be an example of, or not even trying to be an example, but mm. I know that's what I am, is mm. an example of what you can do, just like mm. you are. An okay. example of someone who was not happy, who had a mortgage, a yeah. wife, I a still kid, could did, be the, happy, did the thing, yeah. uh, and not necessarily yeah, yeah. that I'm happy or mm. fixed or cured or perfect, but mm. the fact that you can do anything, if, but it's not an overnight thing. Mm. Some people do that, like some people get the overnight success, but we've had to work fucking hard mm. and we're nowhere near as it at a point at which we would love to be. With the podcast. Yeah. With the podcast, yeah. for example, oh, and just in life in general. Yeah. Um, That'll change after this podcast. But, yeah. but, but by <laughs> seeing, by seeing yeah. this as a as an example of what you can achieve with hard work yeah. and by just trying, I think uh, I get messages pretty commonly. I think you started getting messages about how it's inspirational to see someone try and do something like that. Yeah, That's all. I, I don't care about so anything else. It would be more egoic to not admit that that I am providing a quality service that mm. is enriching other people's lives, it would be more egoic to deny that truth. Mm. Because you could say, well, if I say something good about myself, that's ego. That's an old story. That's a very young, primal, immature thing to say just mm. because you're saying something good about yourself. Yeah. No, no, no. If you've been shut down for shining too brightly in your life and you need to stay in your lane so others aren't you know, triggered by your success, then your ego has learnt that I need to dim my light. Mm. I need to keep my truth quiet so others aren't provoked or triggered mm. by me, right? That means it's this, it's adaptable. It's maladaptive. Mm. But mm. your ego has adapted you to sh- to keep your, oh, that's not me. Or I'm not good looking. They can't take compliments. Mm. Or, you know, you can't admit out loud that, no, I am providing an absolutely beautiful service for humanity and I wear that proudly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an egoic thing. That is just honoring what you know to be true in any given moment yeah. with conviction. Yeah. Um, you could say, well, it's more egoic and protective because I, d- I, w- I used to experience people really shutting me down. Yeah. And so you will deny your truth. Mm. Ego is denial of truth, mm. you know? I feel like that wraps up with um, some really great advice. Whenever, some, whenever someone fucks up, you don't always go, oh, man, you're the fucking worst ever. But when you fuck up, you're like, man, I'm so dumb. I'm yeah. piece of shit. If you wouldn't speak to someone else like that, why would you speak, speak to yourself like that? But it goes with what you've just said there, like, if we're doing something that we feel is amazing, mm. like, man, I'm loving what I'm doing. This is great. I'm so proud of this yeah. journey. Yeah, it should and be. if mm. it wasn't me, I'd say, hey, Branchy Man, fuck, you're doing killer. Like, I love yeah. what you're doing. Why can't you say that about, about yourself, yourself yeah. to yourself? Because mm. society's said, no, nah, you're arrogant. Yeah, you're you poor yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. And this, I, well, initially, my issue with what I was doing was I was telling people they should be doing yeah, it. Nah, mm. And they, this is how you do it. Instead mm. of, and where now I've moved to, and I... I don't know if you. I don't think you really ever fell for that trap, but I've seen people, other people doing this. Go, you know, um, saying this is you have this to how do this. You do it, yeah. Now just I like just this work for me. Now we just do it, yeah. and like yeah. we put that, we put out. We're pretty lucky. We have got a voice. We got a con. We got a platform where we can actually mm. say that, and then it becomes a telling people what we're doing. But mm. uh, yeah, all I am trying to do is just do. And if yeah. people like what they see, Work they can reach Nike. out. And, huh? Yeah, just do it. Um, I put that on my uh, vision board yesterday, actually. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, nice. Um, I did want to ask. Nike. <laughs> yeah, before, yeah, we got a yeah. little bit, 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. Um, what's your like, so you, what's the furthest you've gone back in a past life? And if you've enjoyed this, we'd love to have you back. On oh, 100%, so much. yes. Um, or even just and content, I want to come and see Patreon you. Patreon stuff. Mm. Yeah, I want to come Ooh. and see you and, and do a uh, past yeah. life. Mm. Um, What's the furthest you've gone back, except for like the first language? Mm. And um, are there any other really like compelling um, past studies. lives which has helped them heal or would be at their optimal performance now? Like, has there been anything really poignant? Like that guy that jumped off the ship, 
Mm. Has that helped him now? Or have you got a, a few case studies that yeah. you found personally? Because it's always yeah. good to hear about ones that we've seen in the news, but your personal ones that can't be repeated anywhere mm. else. Yeah. How far back? <clears throat> this, okay, so we have modern civilizations, you know, say after the deluge, after the floods, you've got those civilizations like ancient Egypt and the Mesopotamian times that mm-hmm. heaps of lives go back to there, right? You could say, so that was the beginning of modern civilization, but you could say people have gone back to more difficult ones to validate Atlantean times. Right. Do you even believe in Atlantean times? Or what about the, the people that created those earlier civilizations? Or what happened there? So Does that, does that coincide with the Bible uh, talking about the floods and there's this theory that there wasn't an advanced civilization before that? Mm. Is that where some of these past lives go to? Yeah, they, they and you don't. We've never heard of it. A lot it's been of these, out. yeah, a lot of these lives that have regressed people, and to keep it say somewhat scientifically valid, is these a lot of these people had no prior belief um, in Atlantis that it existed, and what they've done is they've gone to a life of they are in Atlantis or experiencing that, and it's I'm I didn't do much research on it, so I'm just yeah. as clueless as they are navigating this thing. But then when you research some of these um, uh, descriptions of it, it's like they're they're pretty bang on, and right. that there wasn't one race of people; there was all these different races, yeah, and reptilians as well that that, wow, that were fuck yeah. that were yeah benevolent and malevolent, you know, good and bad. We um, need you back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, so they've they've talked about a reptilian they've talked about race, it. yeah, yeah, well, that, like that the Anunnaki. So this, remember I told you about an experiment that I did? Yeah. It was with this young fella, yeah. right? And I was like, hey, how do you feel about these? He said, I feel great. When I come out, I feel charged, rejuvenated. I was like, hey, would, uh, would you be happy to do an experiment with me? I won't charge you for my time. Yeah. You'll experience it, but I'll be setting up a few questions to sort of look for validation on this, right? Because mm. he was able to drop into these ancient times with ease, right? And this Kleinhead character he could drop into had this seemed like the all-knowing knowledge of our people. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. So I started reading books um, on ancient civilizations Egypt and uh, Zachariah Sitchin's book The Twelfth Planet his books were all on the interpretations and translations of the Sumerian tablets Tab- that were yeah. dug up right so mm-hmm. read all his stuff and that, that's where Anunnaki were there and stuff like that so yeah. I've researched all that I've formulated 20 questions that I would ask him um, in his awakening state like now like yeah. you guys are and then see how many got correct and then ask him the same questions while under regression yeah. right yeah. and so there the were questions that you'd have to have some form of decent deeper knowledge of ancient times or these stories mm. and so anyway in the waking state he got 19 incorrect <laughs> and one was like gray yeah in the deep state of the klein perspective uh he had 19 correct wow he could describe them as the texts have put them wow. right and That's so he so cool. i asked about the anunnaki Mm-hmm. He says these were a race of beings that were master geneticists that um, spliced our DNA. DNA. With theirs. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Got it." I asked, "Okay, okay, when did that happen?" And he says, "Are you you are familiar with the missing link in your anthropology?" Yeah. I said, "Yes." He says, "This is where they took your DNA, took it back to their home." And spliced your DNA with theirs. Wow! As an experiment, yeah. love that. And so the this old. is the missing link. This is why you guys spiked in consciousness. And so you gave because it was like over uh, what two hundred thousand years. Yeah, two hundred fifty-five thousand like years ago, which wow. we went bang. Like which that a two million year spike in 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 yeah in yeah. within a short amount of time doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 So there's there's theories of the the uh, the stoned ape where they they yep. took mushrooms yeah. and consciousness peaked. Who knows? But I don't even know. So I'm not speaking that this is true, but yeah. this is what the client said at the time. Yeah. Mm. And then I asked, this is what's interesting. I said, where 
where are they from? Yeah, that's what, that was my next question. Right? Yeah. Where are they from? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I cannot say. Ooh. And I said, because you, you, you don't know or you're not allowed to. And he says, I have got permission to tell you that. Wow. And so I, was, you're, I said, you're establishing a hierarchy then. There, there are people above you in some sort of authoritarian position. He says, yes. Wow. So what would happen if you told me? <laughs> he says, I would experience a different kind of death to you, but a similar. Wow. Death. I was like, death on a different <laughs> level? Anyway, so then I asked, because I had on my notes, Nibiru mm. was what Zechariah Sitchin translated. Yeah. So I said, what is Nibiru? After a few seconds, he says, this is where they are from. And that's what the text says as well. But he's not allowed to tell you where they're from. But because I asked the right questions yeah. and said right. it. Wow. Because mm, the yeah. is the, the theory that there's a planet that's where the anarchy yeah, originate. That's right. Where yeah. is it Where is it in, a, in um, comparison to our solar system? It's meant to be is linked, it hidden? linked to our sun. And it's I a, lo- a long orbit. I don't know. Yeah, it's don't a long know. orbit. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it comes know. around every... Oh, man. So cool. By the by, the tablets, it comes around every fuck. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm going to say every three hundred thousand years or something like that. Yeah, it's like a long orbit. What yeah. else did you ask? Did you? I learn asked anything? about the king list of Sumerian king lists as well, like yeah. the names of certain kings, and he he got them correct. Wow. And he he I asked about the Epic of Gilgamesh. So the Epic of Gilgamesh is one of the ancient um, epics uh, from these texts of Sumerian times oh. of a god. Actually, sorry, it's mm. twelve and a half thousand years, and it works around with every ice age. That's mm, what it was. Okay. Which, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. Gil- what's Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh is this epic. So it's a story um, of a particular king. And so I asked him about this epic of Gilgamesh. And um, yeah, he experienced as if he was telling it as his life. He wow. says, he's, he's, I am is this the, the floods? king of, of, of Uruk. The floods? Is that After. Gilgamesh? After Gilgamesh, the floods. yeah, yeah, yeah. The story of Gilgamesh. And then so... Yeah, it was like um, this king, um, and he explained it, and he, he said it was correct. Um, it was the, the rule of Uruk, which was a, one of the first cities in Sumer, wow. Sumerian times, and he got that correct, and he didn't know that in the awaking state. Yeah. And then he explained he had a friend called Enkidu that was like his brother, and that's how the epic Enki? goes. Enkidu, yeah. <laughs> Enkidu was the, was the name. <laughs> and so this is all coming through him now in this state. Um, getting it all correct of how the epic goes anyway. That's nuts. Yeah. And the one he got wrong was probably right, and we've got it wrong. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's awesome. Man, we're, man. I we're, love that. We're running low on time because okay. we still mm. have to do our sponsors and stuff after, but fuck. Do you want me to, do you want me to share that one? I'll say one success yeah, story of course, then. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you of course, are. Yeah. Um, I'll just say one. There was a famous psychic in Perth. She had a best friend, couldn't help her. Um, she contacts me and says, um, I need you to help my best friend because her trauma or her issues is deep in past lives masculine trauma i can't reach it to heal psychically but you can and i was like well how does she even know that i can anyway mm. she's psychic i'll just go with it sends her friend to me um and so she's with me she's in like mid 40s and just relationship of abuse after abuse six six partners all abusing the hell out of her so there's this theme in her life of men abusing her I drop her in. She experiences three other lifetimes of men just absolutely destroying her eventually to her death, right? And so one was in like Bristol, England. She was 18, a a witch being dragged through the town and then being strung up and hung. Mm. Um, But it was the the way the man was grabbing and holding, which really traumatized her. She felt like such a... Uh, an object mm. you know um beyond what, was person. she actually a witch or was she accused no of she wasn't okay. no, back then it was someone that was working yeah. with medicine or they actually had gifts to some capacity psychically right. and it scared the hell out of the church and people that were around that time so yeah. yeah we're seeing a lot of those stories come back now but anyway that was one of them another one was in germany another past life she had was in germany 1883 
living with a husband, very abusive man, eventually led to one fight in the kitchen where he stabs her in the back mm. like, physically and kills her. Puts her body under the house. People are knocking on the door. Where's so-and-so? And, he's, and she's watching. She's observing in tears mm. and anger saying, I'm under the house and he's lying to them. He's lying to them. She's getting angry while yeah. under this state. It wasn't until <clears throat> she woke up after we resolved it, got her to clear it, released the energy associated to it, the memories, the ideas. She wakes up and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> she's holding it back and she goes, Boris, I've had a chronic pain in my back for like 15 years that I could never been able to get rid of. Mm. It's gone. And it was right where he stabbed me. Nice. So it's as if... Delby, I think you need to do a bit of past <laughs> yeah. life on your lower back. So, so it's sh- like we resolve the emotional or energetic trauma associated yeah. with that lifetime, which created the biological imprint of this yeah. other lifetime. <sighs> and as she resolves it where its origins were, she physically removed the pain yeah. from, her, from herself. That's sick. Love we, that. We definitely have to do a session yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. yeah. There's other stuff I've read where there's an ethereal connection between the soul and the body, and mm. then when that leaves, that's what death is and stuff like that. So we can go more into that. I'll, uh, uh, it's perfect to end on a cliffhanger. So oh, part two, yeah, we'll definitely get you back on. That if, was, um, if you'd like yeah, to. if you'd like to, yeah, that was uh, course, yeah. that was really good. Um, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, before people we go? want to see you details, um, or do they need to find you karmically? Or if if you have a personality disorder, please don't come. <laughs> 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 no, I'm trying to move away from clinical work. Actually, yep. um, so people that are interested in diving into consciousness, so you are somewhat psychologically functioning already. Um, so I'm moving away from your basic anxiety, depression kind of stuff and personality disorders. More to do with now people that are on the cusp, the fringe of exploring themselves, consciousness, mm. trying to optimize their extrasensory experience of this body, cool. technology of the mind. So, yeah, absolutely, you can contact me. Um, cool. What's my stuff? I don't even know. Um, BorisWalter.com is my website. You nice. can book through there. B-O-R-I-S-W-A-L-T-E-R. Or yeah, Boris Yeah, <laughs> And I think my Instagram is Boris Walter Official. Cool. That's okay. it. Yeah, you can contact me. Yeah, we'll me. put your tags and stuff in the... Awesome. Uh, I'll do more thing. talks as well. I've, I've been behind closed doors, um, just my private practice while doing all this, but yeah. I think eventually this will be like on the road doing seminars. Yeah, be awesome. I want to talk to other therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists that are... Ex- they, they, ex- they see things like this, but they're too scared to have a chat about it. Yeah. Mm. But we need to get serious and sensible on the convergence of this because it's a part of the human experience. Yeah. So what should we do about that? Just because we can't explain it properly yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break yeah. down the stigma it, as know? well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I won't plug anything um, because we've got Zach on after this. Yeah, so just Amazing. all the shows, DanielW.com. This Sunday, free shows, Belmont Festival. Cool. This show will go out tonight, so I'll say I'm on at Guildford tomorrow. Cool. Um, but that's it. Oh, Thank sh- you can so I shout much. Out, shout out to my wife for the, uh, supporting me and uh, yes. filming uh, the yeah, BTS behind the scenes. BTS. Yes, yeah. incredible cool. stuff. The Thank crew. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. That was yeah. bloody awesome. Um, oh, I feel oh, unresolved. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like oh, we could shit. do more. We'll take an hour. Junior <laughs> cares. Junior <laughs> cares. But uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, and thanks for thanks, coming on. Bro. Welcome, man. Cheers. Oh, meaningful. Cool.